Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee, and today we are going to talk to Tiffany Mason. Tiffany is an international life and relationship coach. She's a speaker and author who empowers women. You all know how I like to talk about empowering people. So she's going to help us talk about empowering women to unleash their feminine essence and design a meaningful and rewarding life. Now tell me, doesn't that sound awesome to the men and the women in the the audience? She is also the founder of Mason Coaching and Consulting, a lifestyle coaching firm based in New York. She is the author of The Power of Adversity, A Guide to Finding Your Greatest Gift in Life, which is a self-help book that focuses on overcoming your challenges and reaching your fullest potential. And people that listen to me very often are really going to understand why I want to interview Tiffany, because I'm all about reaching your fullest potential, being happy, being empowered. And you know what, women? We need to learn how to be good to ourselves and in a healthy way. In a healthy way. I'm not talking about being conceited or selfish. <laughs> but we are going to talk about all kinds of things to help you with that today. So, Tiffany, it's awesome to have you with me today. Hi, Nikki. It's great to be here. All right, we are going to help the women in the audience feel better about themselves, and we're going to help the men appreciate them more. How about that? <laughs> that sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. And, and men, you want your, your women to be healthy, and I'm not, I'm not saying that in a, you know, if, if mom's in a bad mood, everybody's in a bad mood. That's not what I'm talking about. We're just we're going to find a way for everybody in the, in the family to be happy and to be empowered and feel good about things. So, you know, you know, Tiffany, I have found that pretty much every coach that I've talked to, and I've talked to a lot of them, um, something in their life led them to coaching. Something happened, and they found something that helped them to overcome a problem, to to move themselves to a happier place. Um, to, to feel better about life, to be more successful, more, more. Ah, I don't even know the right word, but just to, to everything just kind of gets better in their life in different ways. So, have you had that same kind of experience? And if you did, are you willing to share it with us? Definitely, Nikki. You know, I absolutely love what I do. I love working with women. I had to actually experience a traumatic situation before I was able to find out what it is that I really want to do in life. And uh, basically, in a nutshell, about five years ago, I was sexually molested and exploited. And as you can see, that was definitely a big, a big shock to me. And so from that point on, I was faced at a crossroad in my life. I had the option of either allowing this traumatic situation to negatively affect the rest of my life or 
to view this as a way that I can grow and develop from it. And starting at the age of 19, that's what I did. I decided to, to look at that situation as a growing experience. And five years later, <laughs> here I am, passionate about what I do. Awesome, awesome. I, well, you know, <laughs> I, I was um, assaulted a long time ago. It, it feels like just yesterday sometimes. But, you know, the, it, I, I kept it to myself. It's one of those things that I, I just, you, you kind of just assume people are going to blame you no matter what the, mm-hmm. the situation really was. That was my mentality. And so I, I kept it to myself. And then right right before my brother got married, I had no idea what, what the connection was there. But I started having these horrible nightmares every single night. And I, I, they wouldn't stop. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was, you know, kind of flashbacks, that sort of thing. And, you know, as soon as I couldn't, couldn't get myself to, to, to sit down in front of my parents and tell them, because long story. <laughs> but mm-hmm. what I did is I actually wrote out, and I said, I need to tell you all something. And, you know, the thing is, as soon as I wrote that down and gave it to them and knew that they had read it, the nightmare stopped immediately. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's still things that that I I think about it from time to time or or that kind of thing, but just getting it out was so helpful, and and that's why with a lot of of coaching clients and with people I know, if there's something that they're facing, I tell them the same thing. I said, you know, just write it out, just mm-hmm. get it out, get it on a piece of paper and a pen, one that writes. Otherwise, you're gonna frustrate yourself, you know. But <laughs> write down what it is and just get it out. For some reason, that really, really helped me. Have you, have you done something like that and found that, that just getting something painful or harmful out, like I said, whether it's out to the universe, if, if the person you know, has that mentality, or just, just getting it out of your head seems to help sometimes? Oh my gosh, I am so glad, Nikki, that you brought this up because it's so important, especially if you've experienced a traumatic situation such as abuse, you really need to be able to let it out. You need to be able to break free from your past. In The Power of Adversity, I talk about a lot, the specific quote, and this quote basically says, don't be a prisoner of your past, be a designer of your future. And so being able to write it down, being able to express it to someone, whoever it may be, maybe it be your your spouse, a therapist, a close friend, but just being able to let it out will really, really help you to move forward in life. Yeah, I don't I don't know why, but for some reason any anything that's been really difficult, once I sit down and just write it out, it helps. It's not a hundred percent gone, but it really, really helps me. Definitely. Yeah, I've done the same thing throughout the five years of, of my growth journey. I really took a lot of time just to have my, my journal, and I just wrote every single day, and that really, really helped. I know. So I talk to people like, oh, I don't want to write. I say, okay, you're journaling. You don't, you don't need to become an author. You don't need to publish. And actually, I did, a, I did an interview with, with um, somebody I met through Facebook, and, and he works with women that, that are in domestic violence situations. And he has them write, write their story out. And he's actually published several of them. So, I mean, you don't have to go to that extent if you don't want to, but just get it on paper and get it out. So, and, right. And, you know, yeah, you, you don't even have to think about it. Just whatever comes to mind, just write. Exactly. Just grab exactly. a pad of paper, a pen, and just go for it. <laughs> don't worry about editing and proofreading. Just get the words out. So. <laughs> Definitely, yes. <laughs> And that's the writer in me saying you don't need to proofread it. 
I rarely say that, but yeah, in this situation, don't even worry about misspelling it. Just get it out of there. Just do it, yeah. So what, what would be some tips, um, some additional tips, in addition to that, that you would um, share with people that need to overcome challenges? Everybody has some kind of challenges, some big, some small. What are some suggestions you have for overcoming challenges in our lives? Well, the biggest thing that really helped me move forward in my own personal life would be the way I looked at the world and looked at my current situation. You know, we all have two options in life. We have the option of looking at ourselves and at the world in a positive way or in a negative way. And so if you are looking to move forward in life from from a challenge that you're currently going through, you need to view yourself and the world from a positive perspective. Rather than looking at yourself as a victim, look at yourself as a designer. How can you design your life right now so that you can start living the life that you're meant to live? You know, I just had that very same conversation with somebody else in person a couple of weeks ago. That is so really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is so cool. Well, in, in my, I have a big issue with the, the, the victim mentality, and I've, mm-hmm. I've written a couple times about you know the victim mentality versus the survivor mentality, because my thing is, if you got through it, you survived. Sure, there was a horrible situation, but you survived it. Focus on the survival, not on the victimhood. And, and this person mm-hmm. was saying you know, about being the creator going mm-hmm. forward, and, and so that, that works beautiful with your designer deal. So <laughs> I like that. Awesome. Yeah, well, and, and do you ever, I'm sure you're on Facebook. I mean, almost everybody on the planet is. <laughs> but are you ever on there and you read through and you just, the negativity people put out there. Oh, my gracious. <laughs> it's like uh, people. Uh, I'm glad that you brought that up, Nikki, because there are a lot of negative people out there. And even just going on Facebook, I'm just looking at my news feed and I see these comments of people that, I don't understand why they even post it on Facebook. It's so negative. It's so depressing. And it just makes me want to block that person because when you surround yourself with negativity, with negative people, that will affect you. And so just being able to start making that shift from from the negativity to, to, to positivity, to surrounding yourself with positive people, that's also another thing that really, really helps me move forward. Very true. I mean, there's there's going to be times where there's something that you need to talk through with another person needs to talk to through, but but for the majority of the time, and just it's amazing. And I try to tell people just just focus on taking one day and don't complain or be negative about anything for one day. Just try it for one day, and you'll be amazed how much better you feel about things. It's crazy. It's just one day. You, you think about it and it's like, oh, it's just one day. Does it really matter? But okay, I'm going to tell you a simple question that you can start asking yourself and also the audience that you can start asking yourself that will really, really help changing your perspective from negative to positive. Do you want me to hear it? Sure. So it's simple, but at the end of the day, ask yourself, what am I grateful for? Very true. And as you as you as you try to find the answer to this question, you just can't help but to start thinking, okay, well, what is it that I'm grateful for today? Whether it be my 
living underneath you know, a roof or being able to have my family with me or having a job. And so just being able to shift your focus to what is positive in your life will really help to uh, reach your fullest potential. You know, I, I had one client, and what I had him do is I made a list for him, and uh, one was friends and work and pets and I, I forget what all of them are, but there's like six or seven different topics. And I said, at the end of the day, I want you to sit down and write one thing about each of those that was positive or you're grateful for from the day, okay? Mm. I said, now if, now if there's something really super negative that you just need to get out, you can, but you have to use a red pen to do that, okay? Mm. You have to use a blue or black pen for everything positive and a red pen for anything negative. I said, and at the end of the week, take, take a look at how much red you have on there and how much much blue you have on there. And and so it actually it stood out more because of doing the two different colors kind of thing. And I thought about it, okay, you're only allowed to have 10% negative for the entire week. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, but it was, it was interesting each week getting his update on how much red he had for the week, you know. So, mm. but, and, you know, Nikki, I love that exercise because if you want to change your life, you first need to have that awareness. With awareness comes the opportunity to change. And so what you did with your client, you made him aware of what is currently going on so that now there's opportunity for him to change. So I love that exercise. Yeah, you, you have to be, I mean, well, it's just like Dr. Phyllis says, you have to acknowledge it. If you don't acknowledge there's an issue, you're not in a position to fix it yet. So you gotta, you got to start by seeing it, sometimes literally yes. seeing it. Definitely. I like doing little outside-the-box kind of things like that, (laughs) just to (laughs) get people to see things in a different perspective. Right, and to have them think, think differently, thinking differently instead of just within their own box, trying to challenge them to think from a different perspective. You know, there's a lot of people that need to get outside the box. They really do. It's like, come on, come on. Come on here. It's right out here outside the box. <laughs> so. Right, baby steps. And that's what, that's what makes our profession so wonderful because we get to really empower our clients in a way that they would have never imagined. Yes, definitely. That's what, that, well, that's what got me to do it because once, once I started going through the coaching training, and I, I just did it just because there was a couple topics I was interested in. You know, so I said, well, I'm going to take these couple classes. And then I started feeling better. I'm like, wait a second, what, what, what's happening? <laughs> you know? and, and, and my mom, too, I couldn't believe she did, but she says, she says, I don't know what you're doing, but you look so much happier. I'm like, okay, mm. wait a minute, she's noticing it. Something, something's happening here. <laughs> and wow. Then, you know, once, once you start seeing and in, in having other people notice that kind of difference, it's like, okay, it, it's something you have to share. You just have mm. to share it with other people. So... Mm. I love it. I love it. It's just, it's just baby steps along the way. And as you start changing, everyone else around you will notice and they will start changing as well, especially if you share that positive energy. Um, it's just, it spreads. It's, it's wonderful. I love it. That's it. Well, and keep in mind, and we've, we've talked about this on the show a few times too, that some people may resent that you're happier. Mm. Okay? Don't let that hold you back. 
some people want to see what they want you to they're they're in a very negative place or they're very unhappy and they want other people to be unhappy dang on it <laughs> you know but don't if you if you're doing things and you're being positive and you're feeling better and you're feeling happier don't let other people drag you back down it mm. you just you you've got to I don't know. Once once you start experiencing it and being happier, it's hard to let yourself be put back in. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to go back there. <laughs> I don't want to be an know, This is wonderful because there's a quote, uh, birds of a feather flock together. And so those that are negative will want to be around negative people. And those that are positive want to surround themselves with positive people. And so just being able to take a step back in your life and analyzing, okay, who are the positive people who are the negative people in my life, and how can I spend more time with those that are positive? Exactly. Exactly. I got a. I had a um, an experience. I was out to breakfast with a group one day, and and one one of the women that was there, everything she said was complaining to her husband. I mean, he mm. even he was even telling us about a meal that he fixed for. Her, okay, he he had gone to the store and gotten the stuff, and he brought it back home, and he cooked it and did the dishes. I mean, she didn't have to do anything but sit at the table and eat. Okay. <laughs> And she was complaining that he didn't cook it the way she wanted it, there wasn't enough this, there wasn't enough that. And I'm like, mm. are you kidding me? <laughs> you know? And then, but it was, it was weird. Well, it was, and I was going to a book event that day, so I was pumped up. I was ready. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm feeling, I'm, I'm starting not to feel good. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't have time to not feel good today. I just, I just don't have time. And then we, we all got done and we walked outside. And it was so weird. I walked outside and I felt like I could breathe again. Which I mean may sound very overdramatic to some people, but I just it was it was like listening to her was beating me down, and I'm like she's not even talking to me, and it's doing that to me. Mm-hmm. But it's it's amazing once you get in tune with it, and once you you drastically limit the negativity you're around, it's amazing how you notice it, how quickly you notice it when you're around it again. It's like, no, 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 keep it to your, no. <laughs> you know, because you just, you don't want, you just don't want to feel that way. And you don't have to. Right. Right. You don't have to. And it's just about establishing those boundaries for yourself. I know for a lot of my clients, they have a difficult time establishing those boundaries, especially with their friends. And so it's a tough subject. But at the end of the day, instead of pleasing others, you have to start pleasing yourself first. And so being able to set those boundaries, deciding, okay, which of your friends are positive, that bring you happiness, that be it, that can inspire and encourage you to better yourself, and who are those friends that are negative in your life. And just being able to establish those boundaries and start spending more time with positive people. Yes. And for people that may not know, um, boundaries is one of my favorite topics too. I love that because people just need boundaries. But there's there's a whole variety of the little memes that are going around on Facebook that you see people share. You know, the little pictures with the little phrases and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's one that's going to pop up from time to time that says, "Not my monkeys, not my circus." That's about setting boundaries. <laughs> so, mm. so it, I love that. People be reminded that just because another person is making drama in their life, it's not your drama, and you need to say, not my monkeys, not my circus. <laughs> so that's what that was about. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. It's so important. It's so important, or else you'll just get sucked into it again. And so there's that cycle again, negativity, negativity. So step out of that and start focusing on the positive. Well, the thing is, you're not helping your friends by playing into it. You know, you're not helping them 
by helping them to magnify and highlight all this negativity. So no. you're not helping anybody by doing that, actually. Yeah, you're you're hurting you're hurting your friend, and also you're hurting yourself. So it's a it's a lose lose situation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So another see, I, I love when people come up with with topics that I really like. One of one of your topics that you like to talk to with with coaching clients is establishing a solid foundation for their relationship. And I just talked about this last week on the show, and I, I that comes up frequently with my guests. Tell us tell us a little bit about how, and, and there's a million ways to elaborate on it, but a little bit about how to establish a solid foundation for a relationship and maybe why people should do that. People might not understand that, that why they should do that. Hmm. Well, I love, absolutely love this topic because at the end of the day, who do you have to come home to? You have your spouse and you have your family. And so being able to take that time to establish a, a very strong foundation, the relationship that you have to your spouse is absolutely important. And the biggest challenge that I've seen, Nikki, when it comes to establishing a solid foundation is that a lot of times the person starts blaming, blaming their spouse, blaming their partner for their unhappiness. And so the first step to establishing that solid foundation is to start focusing on yourself. How can you start developing yourself so that you can contribute into the relationship? And the reason why that's so important is to focus on yourself is because you have something to contribute and your your partner or your spouse has something to contribute. And so being able to focus in on, okay, how can I contribute? How can I bring value into this relationship and start focusing on the things that you can do. Because a lot of times we, we blame. We blame ourselves, we blame our partner. So instead of blaming, start focusing on yourself and what are the things that you can change, whether it be your thoughts, your behavior, your patterns, so that you can actually help the relationship rather than hurt the relationship. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing. All these sorts of things, and they do include work, and they may be uncomfortable and take some people out of their comfort zone, but people need to remember the bottom line and the reason we do this and the reason we, we share these things and, and, you know, in some cases give people homework and love work they need to do is in order to help them get to a better place to be happier. You know, there's so many people that it would just just finding a way to feel better about themselves, better about their relationship, and just wake up in the morning happy instead of saying, oh, another day, you know. And, and to have positive things to share on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> oh, my gracious. I, yeah, like I said, I, I, would, I, would lo- I think we need to just start a campaign and say for one week, everybody has to say something positive. If you're going to say something negative, you can't share it on Facebook. So just mm. one week. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I would love that. I would love to participate in that because it's it's this positive environment that all of us need to need to be surrounded with. We have to surround ourselves with positive people. And so just being able to focus on, okay, what's positive in my life? What's positive about my partner or about my spouse? What's positive about me? And just shifting that. I'm really, really big. If you could tell Nikki, I'm really big on shifting from negative to positive. And so when it comes to establishing that foundation in your relationship, shifting from, oh, oh, God, I hate what he does when he does X, Y, and Z. 
instead of focusing on that, focus on, okay, well, I really like it when she does this, or I really, really am grateful when he does that. And shifting that is just, it could just be so powerful. I love it. Well, and you know, always focusing on the negative with, with your partner is not good. Don't always say, I don't like blah, blah, blah. Once in a while, go up and say, you know, I love it when you whatever, whatever, you know, fill in the blank with something they do that you really like. And, and I don't know, it just, it's so much better and healthier for everybody if you can share the positive things with each other. It doesn't Absolutely. mean you completely ignore issues that need to be taken care of, but, but at least start off with the positive. Say something, something reassuring, you know, because sometimes, you know, sometimes we have self-doubts. And then if the other person is constantly saying, I don't like when you do this and I don't like when you do that, that, that just doesn't help. It doesn't help at all. And it's not empowering at all for anybody, actually. No, it's, it's actually hurting. And, and it's interesting because it's easy for us to focus on the negative. It's easy to focus on, okay, what our spouse or what our partner is doing wrong. And so let's change that and start appreciating what they do right. That's, that's, that's the thing to remember, start appreciating, just being able to verbally express, oh, honey, I really appreciate when you do this. Oh, I really, really appreciate when you do that. And that's that shift. It just takes a little shift from negative to positive, and it's, it can be so powerful for the relationship. You know, in one of the, I forget what section it's in, but in one of the sections of, um, I love Accept and Respect Yourself program. We actually go through there and, and give examples of ways to take something that you, you need to say to your partner, but to take it from the easiest thing that's probably going to pop out of your mouth is very negative to how you can actually get the same point across in a more positive way. You know, you're still letting them know that there's something you need to talk about, but you're mm-hmm. reframing. That's it, reframing what you say mm-hmm. so that it is, it is more positive. Yeah. And it, it's yeah, not it's, that hard to do once you start thinking about it and being aware of what you're saying and how you're saying it. Definitely. It's all about taking that step back and asking yourself, okay, well, what I'm about to say, will it hurt the relationship or will it help the relationship? If it's, hurt, if it's about to hurt the relationship, think of another way how to phrase it so that it helps your relationship. Well, and you can, you can think, too, if this person was going to say it to me, how would I want to hear it? How would I want them to say mm-hmm. it to me? Mm-hmm. It yeah. does take another second or two to do it that way, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it, you know, you, you say things in a certain well. There's, and then there's certain things that when you say it and you watch the person's reaction, you know, you probably should have said it a little bit better, or you should have said it a little bit mm-hmm. different way. Some ways get positive responses and get action, and other things just cause problems. <laughs> yes, and my, what my mom really—I remember her saying this to me when I was younger. It's about—it's not what you say; it's how you say it. It's the tone of your mm-hmm. voice, and so oh, it's yeah. easy to say something, but if it's—if if the tone is not right, if the tone is—is is, um, judgmental or critical. I mean, that's, that's what makes all the difference in the world. So you can say something, but it's how you say it that's really important. Say it in a way that's caring, that's gentle, that's loving, rather than judgmental and critical. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that in years, but, yeah, Mom, Mom used to <clears throat> comment on my tone of voice a lot. <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> oh, that's okay. So, so... All of us face adversity from time to time. What would be 
one lesson that you've learned from an adversity that you had to face? The biggest lesson that I've learned with my personal adversity five years ago would be to start looking within, to think yourself. If, if you're unhappy, if you're having a really bad day, if you're faced with a real, a real difficult situation, rather than blaming, blaming other people, blaming the circumstance, start focusing on the things that you can change from within, the things that you're in control of, so the decisions that you make, the thoughts that you have, what you say, how you behave. So start focusing internally rather than focusing your attention on the outside world. You know, that's good because there's so many things we can't control, and no matter how mad we get, we just can't change them. So start with the things that you can do something about. Absolutely. Start with complaining about the things you can't control. (laughs) (laughs) That's so important, Nikki. I mean, one of my mentors, Jim Rohn, he's this great motivational speaker. He talks about the wind of life. And the wind of life is basically everything that you can't control. We focus a lot of our attention on the things that we can't control. So instead of focusing on the wind of life, focus on setting your sail and focus on the things that you can control. And you will be where you want to be if you start focusing on setting your sail rather than focusing on the wind of life. So set your sail and just move forward. Ah, nautical example. I like that. I like the ocean and the water and all that, so I like that. I have to remember that. So tell us a little bit about your business. Tell me tell me who would be your perfect client. Well, I I'm so passionate, Nikki. I'm I'm so passionate about working with women, married women specifically, who are currently going through a challenge in their life, whether it be abuse, whether it be divorce, whether it be cancer, any, any challenge that they're going through where it makes them feel stuck. They can't, they can't just move forward. They can't move forward. They don't know which direction to go. And I love working with women who are in, in these situations because it's basically being able to shed the light and being able to encourage them, okay, well, where, where do you want to go from here? If you, if you can just picture yourself five years from now, where do you want to be? And so I love working with women, married women, who are feeling stuck, overwhelmed, frustrated, not having enough time for herself. And together, we'll focus on designing, designing their future. And I, I, I love working with women who are looking ahead, looking forward. So that would probably be my ideal client, um, women who are feeling stuck but just need that extra push to move forward and reach their potential. Okay. What about, what about single women that are dealing with issues that are considering a relationship? Would they be a good client for you? Absolutely. I mean, my, my specialty is working with women because not only do we focus on life and their marriage, not only life, but also their marriage. But for the women that are looking for a relationship, I love working with them as well because what I'm really passionate about is, okay, focusing on you, focus on the individual. And so single women who are looking for a relationship, I love working with them as well because we focus on, okay, how can you develop yourself in a way where the right guy will, will come into your life? So 
I, I love working with women who are single who are looking for a relationship. It's like, it's like a lot of times I talk, uh, tell people that I, I want to work with people that are either looking for a relationship and they want to prepare for the relationship. You know, go ahead and set that foundation and get ready for mm-hmm. it. Or they're in a relationship and want to improve it. That there's there's issues that they want to deal with and they, they want to actually improve the relationship with the other person. So both, both of those are... Because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people already in relationships that need help. But it's also nice when you, you can talk to somebody that that hasn't gotten into a relationship and they aren't already upset and they, they say, you know, what what can I do before, mm. you know, committing to a person or, you know, what should I look like, look for when um, when I'm looking for a person or dating and, and to see if there's somebody that, that would be compatible because, you know, just being interested in the person and them being cute, just really not enough. There's a whole lot of other things you need to, to take a look at and think about. Yeah, absolutely. It's so complex. And so I really like, Nikki, how you brought that up about women who are looking for a relationship because it's easy to look at some guy and be like, wow, he's really hot or he has these great muscles. But at the end of the day, we're all going, we're, we're all aging. We're going to eventually lose, you know, our physical looks. And so being able to help those women that are looking for a great relationship, okay, well, setting those standards and seeing, okay, well, what is it that you want to look, that you want to look for in, in your ideal, ideal situation, um, the type of relationship that you want to have, the kind of man that you want to be with, or the kind of woman that you want to be with, and establishing those boundaries first before getting into relationships. I'll tell you another thing that I do with clients that you might that you might like is you know how normally people have their list of what they want in a partner? Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this yes. is my, my wish list for the perfect perfect person, as if there is a perfect person. But, you know, <laughs> so, so my thing is go ahead and make your list of, of what you're looking for. And then mm-hmm. on the other side of the paper, another piece of paper, make a list of what you bring to the relationship. What do mm-hmm. you bring to the other person? And, and people a lot of times don't think about that, but we need to know what is it that we bring and that we have to, to add to and to contribute to a relationship with another person. And that will help us to see the kind of person that um, would be a good match for us. Because mm. there's certain, certain kinds of combinations of people are just oil and water. <laughs> They're just, it's just not going to work. And that doesn't mean that, that the person... That's not a negative about that person specifically. There's just certain combinations that work better together. You know, if you've got one person that's very nurturing and another person who needs somebody to nurture them, that's good. You know, now if you have two that need to be nurtured, you're probably going to have an issue because somebody's going to want more from the other person than they can give. But there's just a lot of those kind of things that it's, it's good to look at realistically and honestly up front. Oh, absolutely, Nikki. I'm glad that you do that exercise. I do something similar with my clients because it's easy to focus on, okay, well, I want this kind of person. I want them to have these characteristic traits. I want them to look this way, that way. And we lose touch with, okay, well, how can I be of value to this relationship? What are the things that I can contribute? And so being able to focus from within, going back to I'm really passionate about looking from within, Focusing on how you can contribute. What are the things that you can do to help nurture and nourish a relationship? Well, you know, I was thinking too, for people that may um, may have some doubts about themselves, maybe don't, don't feel overly positive about themselves, um, that may not give themselves the value that they should, doing that 
and, and showing what you bring. And it doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be that you've got the perfect face, the perfect body, whatever. We're talking real qualities <laughs> that you bring to a relationship can help each of us see our personal value that we do bring to another person. Because all of us bring something. You know, so so sometimes sometimes you just have to put it this this is like that seeing thing we were talking about earlier. Sometimes you have to put it down on paper to be able to see what you have to offer another person. Absolutely, Nikki. I mean, I love this because not only are you going to establish a solid foundation when you do get into a relationship, but also you're establishing a solid foundation from within yourself. You're seeing the value that you have, not only for the relationship and for the person that you're going to be with, but also you value yourself. You start you start really respecting and valuing yourself, and that's a big thing also when getting into a relationship is valuing who you are. Well, you know, and even if you don't end up in a relationship with that person, you still see your personal value, which is a very positive thing. I love that. Yeah, I was working with someone uh, about two weeks ago, and she recently had a breakup with this guy for, I think they were together about two years. And because she viewed him as her life, now that they've broken up, I mean, she's a complete wreck. She has no idea what to do with herself. And so it's so important, I can't emphasize this enough, being able to find the value in you. How are you valuable? What are the things that you like about yourself? So focusing from within is really important when, when getting into relationships. You know, one, one of the parts of, of my Love Yourself program is about being ready for marriage. You know, not just physically wanting to be married, but, you know, emotionally and mentally and all this sort of thing. And, and I, had it, I had it just about done, and I said, okay, okay, it's all finished. And then I got to thinking about it, and I'm like, no, let's go back. And instead of just, you know, preparing yourself and, and being ready for, for the transition in, in life, meeting the right person, all this sort of thing, I went back and added a whole section about mm-hmm. knowing yourself and understanding yourself when you're single and feeling good about it. So you know what? It's okay to be mm-hmm. single. Now, if I find somebody and I fall in love and I want to get married, that's wonderful. But until then, I'm still an okay person, <laughs> you know. Because mm-hmm. I know in a society, and I can tell you this as a single individual, society has a really tough time with a person being single, especially a female. You know, so, mm-hmm. so being able to be good with yourself in that situation can be a huge plus to you. That way you don't feel that you have to be married, whether it's the right person for you or the right situation. And that's like that's another one of those little things that floats around Facebook a lot is um, being alone is a whole lot better than being in a relationship and feeling alone. Because if you're yeah. in a relationship and you feel alone or you're doing it on your own or you don't have a partnership with the other person, that is so much harder to deal with than being a single individual. Definitely. I mean, I'm glad you're bringing this up, Nikki, just because we do experience pressure from the society. And just being able to block all that noise and focus in on, okay, establishing, you know, we go back to establishing that foundation in a relationship. Focus on establishing that foundation within yourself. Focusing on the value that you have for yourself. And the right person will come, but instead of going out trying to force it, start looking from within. Look for the qualities and attributions that you have that you're really proud of and develop that first. That's it. 
Well, and the thing is, I, I'd rather be in a relationship because I want to be with the other person, not because mm-hmm. I feel like I need that person, you know, that I need them. Well, that's, that's like when people say this thing, they're looking for someone to complete them. My thing mm-hmm. is, look for somebody that complements the person you already are, not to fill a mm-hmm. void that you think there is in your life, but to, to be a complement and a partner to you. That's sort of a deal. Oh, I love that. Compliment. That's a great word. It, it's real close to complete, but it's a whole radically different meaning. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes, yes. And I love that because I work with a few clients where they say, okay, well, I just, want, I just want to find someone that will complete me, someone that will just fill this void of emptiness. And it, it's important to, to realize that, okay, well, what happens if, if the right guy doesn't come and you're by yourself again? Are you going to be like this for the rest of your life? No. I mean, you have to be able to shift your focus to, okay, well, how can I make myself feel complete? So that when the right guy does come, you're already complete within yourself. You have that foundation within yourself. And so when the right guy does come, then he can compliment you. Exactly. Exactly. So what... What do you think, and there's, there's about 101 answers I can think of off the top of my head to this, but what do you think is a primary reason why relationships don't succeed? Hmm. That's a great question. I mean, there are multiple reasons why a relationship doesn't work. But if I could just choose one, it would probably be not understanding the other person. Um, I am a big fan of John Gray, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and I really do believe that there's distinct differences between men and women. And so when you're in a relationship with someone, you automatically think, okay, well, I, I think this way, I act this way, and so I want them to do the same thing. So one reason why relationships fall apart, I believe, is because you don't really understand what that other person, that person's perspective you just assume for them to, to be a mind reader or to do the same thing as you would do and not really look at them as an individual and trying to get to understand their, their strengths, their weaknesses, their perspective. So that would be one thing that I really believe why relationships um, fall apart. Well, and that's, you know, even, even if we're around people that are, from very similar backgrounds and, and upbringing and that kind of thing, our perspectives can be radically different. I mean, my, my brother and I proved that in spades. <laughs> you know, we grew up in the very same household, very same parents, very same values, very same all of these sort of things. And our perspective on pretty much everything could not be more opposite. It's just not possible. Mm. <laughs> you, know? Mm. you know, and I look at him, I'm like, we grew up in the same place. <laughs> you know, there were there were some very di- definite differences in how we were treated on certain things. Since he's a boy and I'm a girl, but but I mean, it's it's funny the the things I look at and I look back and I'm like, okay, we both grew up and we both saw whatever it was that went on, and it's like, man, we react in very very different ways. Mm. But. Um, but yeah, don't don't ever think that just because you know maybe you grew up in the same neighborhood and and you went to school together and all that. It, it's amazing how different we we can see things. Even even if we saw we technically saw the very same things, we can interpret it very very differently. 
Yes, and I love that you're pointing that out, Nikki, because it's important to understand that you may, the two of you may see something, the same, the same thing, but inter interpret it differently. So how you view it may be completely different from how your spouse or your partner views it. So being able to understand their perspective is one key to establishing that solid foundation. Very true. Well, in, in communicating, some, communication is, is such a key in any relationship. I don't care if it's work or family or you know, intimate relationships or whatever, communicating. And people don't understand, but the biggest part of communicating is listening. Keep your mouth shut mm -hmm. and listen to what the person, not what you think the person's saying. I mean, how often do you talk to somebody and, and you can tell that they're just, they're, they're hearing, the words are going in and they're immediately thinking about how to respond to it. You know, they're not taking it all in like you're saying it. They're, you know, they're, they're kind of spinning in their head and go, how am I going to come back to them? You know, but listen to the actual words coming out of their mouth, you know, mm -hmm. and then respond to it. Mm. But, uh, yes. yeah, there's, there's that's, some people I'm like, that's not at all what I just said, you know. <laughs> that's important because we, we want to be able to clearly express ourselves to our spouse or to our partner. And so one exercise that I absolutely love doing with my clients is a listening exercise. And so just having one person talk talk about a specific situation and have the other person just listen, be quiet, and then once the person is done, have the other person say, okay, well, what I hear you saying is X, Y, and Z, just being able to say it back to make sure that that person was listening. And so it's so important because you may misunderstand what the other person is really saying, so just having that clarity and making sure that you, you really understand that person is really important. Well, and it's interesting how often what the person comes back and says, this is what you just said, it's not right. You know, so it's, it's a mm -hmm. great learning exercise for the two people to learn to speak and listen to each other accurately. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, the different, different perspective thing is very, very interesting. How would you describe a healthy relationship? There's, there's a lot involved. There's a lot involved when establishing a solid foundation. If I could describe it in a nutshell when it comes to a healthy relationship, it would be to really, really understand your spouse or your partner, being able to really know them inside and out. Because as you, as you grow with your, your, with your spouse, you, you will see their flaws, you will see their mistakes, and it's easy to focus in on those mistakes. And so one aspect to a healthy relationship that I really believe in is being able to love them no matter what, love them 100%, knowing their flaws, knowing their mistakes, but still choosing to love them at the end of the day. That would be a key factor when it comes to a healthy relationship. And, and not loving them for who you think you can make them be. Mm, yes. <laughs> yes respecting that they're uh, an individual and respecting that and being able to accept them for who they are. I, I know. Any, anytime I hear somebody go, well, I can, I can fix them. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you'll drive yourself crazy if you try to do that. Well, you, you'll drive your both crazy. You know, you just, that, oh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know whoever started that mentality, but, oh, my gracious, they did a lot of harm for a lot of people. <laughs> Yes, it's, it's a big headache. And so instead of focusing so much on fixing the other person, start fixing yourself. 
Going back there to looking go. from within. I like that. <laughs> I like that. It's so easy, but I like it. Okay. So maybe you need to be fixed. Okay. So, so tell me, tell me a couple of ways, a couple of well, easy probably isn't the right word, but a couple of not super difficult ways that a woman can feel more empowered uh, in a relationship. Yes, this is a great question. I would say first, stop blaming the other person for your unhappiness. So whenever you have a negative thought, whenever uh, uh, something that comes into your mind and you just want to say it, stop that because that's not going to help help the relationship. So that would be step one is to stop blaming the other person. It's easy to, um, but if you're serious about establishing a, a healthy foundation for yourself, stop blaming the other person. Another way when it comes to empowering empowering yourself and also empowering the relationship is to start looking at the things that you're doing that may be hurting the relationship. So maybe the words that you say or the tone of voice, how you express yourself, um, the behaviors that you do. So really looking internally on the things that you're doing that is hurting the relationship and then shifting that, changing that, so that you can start helping the relationship. So I would say those would be my, my three, three strategies when it comes to empowering women and just focusing in on yourself. How can you change so that you can help your relationship? I'll tell you what, I just, for some reason this just popped into my head, but there's a, a longtime client of mine that I, I interviewed years ago, um, and we were talking about the entitlement attitude. And I, attitude mm. That just drives me bonkers. I can't stand the entitlement attitude. But she gave a really interesting perspective that I guarantee you people with that attitude haven't thought about. And it was that the more entitled a person is, the more control of their life they're giving up to other people. And mm. she gave the example of the person that, that's at the gym and they're on the treadmill and they're burning up. They're just, they're so hot and they're sweating. They're like, man, it's so hot. And they want a fan. And they look over to the side and there's a fan sitting right there, but it's not plugged in. Mm. And so they're thinking, well, somebody should plug that in for me. Somebody should plug that fan in and move it over here because I'm hot. And, and they, won't, they won't just do it. They won't get on the treadmill and just plug in the fan and turn it to face themselves. So the thing is, they're, they're so unwilling to do it themselves because they feel so entitled to have somebody else do it for them that they're miserable. And that happens in mm-hmm. so many aspects of life. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, you expe- if, if you blame other people for everything or you just expect everybody else to take care of things, and I think, I think you're, you're thinking about, you know, don't, don't blame everybody else look at yourself and make the changes you can make. I think that's what sparked it. But I like that. And every every time I run into somebody that has an entitlement attitude, I'm like, see there? (laughs) I'm giving up the power. Right, right. Don't wait. Don't wait for things to change. You make those changes. That's right. Even if you can't make all the changes, at least get the ball rolling. Get it started. Yes, baby steps all the way. (laughs) There you, You know, well, and the thing is, even as the baby step, Make it a forward baby step. You know, start yes. <laughs> moving in the right direction. It's, Definitely. It's, it's like I tell people that, that when I first started studying to be a coach, and even when I finished the coaching training, I figured that's, that's just the beginning of the journey. 
You know, every time I talk to somebody or I, I read another book or, or I write another book or whatever, everything I learn is more of that journey continuing. But the thing is, it's part of the journey, and it's all moving me forward in some way. So that's yeah. okay. Yeah, Still, still moving. <laughs> that's <a good> <laughs> yes, and, and something that we need to also understand, Nikki, that there will be times where you take a few steps back, but that's okay because at the end of the day, you know that you're, con- you're, you're constantly moving forward. So understanding that you will have bad days, there will be days where you may cry, there will be days where you may just be so frustrated, but don't give up. Continue to take those steps forward. Okay. So we talked about having a love work assignment. Now, people, for people that are, that are new to the show, I don't like homework because that sounds like too much like school. Okay, that just sounds like drudgery. But my, my coaching mentor, Dr. Ava Cadell, uses the phrase love work, and I love that. I think that is so great. It just sounds so much more positive. It's you know? <laughs> like I tell people my coaching homework was fantastic fun. So do you have a love work assignment you'd like to share with us today? Yes, and it's, it's a simple question that I want everyone that's listening to ask themselves. And the question is, what is one step, what is one action that I can do right now to start taking care of me? See, and I, I even admitted to her before we started recording the show that I do not do enough just for myself. And I, I, need, I need to think about that too. So, <laughs> We all need it. <laughs> we all need <laughs> it. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So tell us, tell us a little bit. We've, we've got a couple more minutes. We're, we're almost out of time. Um, tell us a little bit about your book. Yes. So The Power of Adversity, A Guide to Finding Your Greatest Gift in Life. And it's a combination between my personal adversity that I experienced five years ago, and it's also a self-help book specifically for women who are going through a current situation or who have experienced a traumatic situation and are still negatively affected by that. And the power of adversity really focuses in on empowering the reader to start making those necessary changes for herself so that she could start designing a meaningful life and marriage. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's it, because I've talked to people before, and they're like, they, they get so bogged down with the problems and the adversity without mm-hmm. realizing that, that there, is, there is a way out or there is a way to get past that and to build on it. I, I, got, I got one more story for you I've got to share with you. you I think you're going to like this. <laughs> have, you, have you heard the parable about the donkey that was thrown down the well? No, no. So he tosses the donkey down the well, and, and then, of course, he has to cover him up. Has to cover him up with dirt. So he starts shoveling dirt into the well, okay? Abandoned well. Don't, don't think it's all wet, wet down there. So abandoned well. So he's shoveling the dirt in there. And then he starts hearing this noise, and he's not sure what it is. And, but he keeps shoveling. You know, he's going to finish shoveling it. And then about that time, he sees the, the donkey's ears. And he's like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Well, what the donkey did was, as he kept shoveling the dirt in on him, he kept stomping the dirt down. And eventually he got himself mm-hmm. out of the well. So instead of being buried by the adversity and the things being thrown at him, he actually used them as a stepping stone and got himself out of there and saved himself. I love that story. The biggest thing that I like to say, (laughs) that I like to say and that I want everyone that's listening to, to remember and think about, don't be a prisoner of your past. Be the designer of your future. 
Definitely, because all of us have something in the past that's an issue, but don't don't let that hold you back. No. Well, you know, and the no. thing is, everything that's ever happened to us, the good and the bad, all contributed to the person that we are right this minute, okay? Yeah. Whether it made us stronger, whether it made us more cautious, whatever it did, every single thing in our life, whether it was good, whether it was bad, all contributed to the human being you are right this minute. And if you expect, accept and love yourself the way you are now, everything that's happened before has brought you to this point. So everything contributed to what, who you are. I love that. I love that, Nikki, because to be quite honest, this is what I talk about in the book, The Power of Adversity. If I didn't experience being sexually molested and exploited five years ago, I would not be where I am today. I would not be so passionate about empowering women if, it didn't, if I didn't experience what happened to me five years ago. So I believe the challenges that you're currently going through or the, the traumatic situations that you've experienced, it, it really does happen for a reason. And just use that to your advantage. Ask yourself, okay, what lesson am I learning here? And how can I use this so I can start designing the future that I really want for myself? I like that. Design your future. I think that's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, it was, it's been great to have you with me today. And I am hoping that the audience has got some great points they can go back and, and use in the future. And don't forget your love work assignment. And yeah. <laughs> like I said, I just love work sounds so much more positive than homework. <laughs> oh gracious. But um oh, your website. What's your website? Yeah. So if you, you can actually receive, whoever goes to my website can receive a free audio series on how to live a passionate life. And so just visit TiffanyMason.com. For more information about what I'm doing and uh, lots and lots of, of articles about different relationship topics, my site is LoveCoachJourney.com of Ready for Love Radio. I will look forward to being with you again next week. 